Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We are going to dive straight into the scripture. So we're jumping into Philippians 2 verses 1 to 4, and it says this. So if if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others." You know, I am um, blessed enough to be able to work here two days a week, but on the other three days a week, I am also incredibly blessed in my work um, as an occupational therapist. And I love the team that I get to work with. They are the best. I work with a great team of people. And um, we, a little while ago, you know, it's funny when you you spend time with people, you kind of start to learn a little bit about them. You learn the good, um, the bad, not that there's much bad in this group, but you know, you also learn the quirks and wherever you are today wherever you're sitting and listening to this you know we all have quirks don't we if you don't have quirks you just haven't found it yet we all have quirks and I have plenty of them but some of them among the team that we were talking about because we're talking about this a while ago we were saying you know we're trying to explain to a student that we had with us we're saying oh these are the different quirks in the team this is kind of you know so they could get to know us a little bit these are important things so you know one of my friends she cannot stand flour if you talk about flour, if she touches flour, if, you, if she thinks about eating flour, she does not like flour. We knew that she really liked us when she made us cookies because it meant that she had to touch the flour to make the cookies. You know, another one of my friends, she cannot stand nail files. So she hates nail files. Thinking about them, she, she said before that she will get shivers just thinking about a nail file. Especially the cheap ones, she can't do it. But when it came to me, they said that my weird thing you know, where other people would just go off to the coffee shop by themselves or they would be okay to go out and get their lunch by themselves. They said to the student that my weird thing is that they would never see me go out by myself. Because to be honest, I just prefer the company. And so when it comes to going and getting a coffee or it comes to going and getting some lunch, what you'll see is me trying to rally the whole office to come with me. If they're in the middle of work, if they're doing notes, I will try to rally the whole office. Anyone on the team here will testify to this, that um, one of the saddest moments for me was when we weren't having morning tea consistently on a Tuesday. And I've been rallying the team to have morning tea because I just love the company. So look, if we're looking from like the extrovert, introvert side of things, you'd probably say that I tip more to the extrovert side of the scale. But you know, if you tip more to the extrovert side of the scale, or maybe you tip more to the introvert side of the scale, let me tell you this, you were made for connection. Regardless of where you sit, you were made for connection. We are not designed to do life on our own. You know, trying to do life on your own is kind of like trying to use a cardboard box as a flotation device. If you put cardboard box in water and then you apply some weight to it, it's going to sink. The more time it's in there, the more it's going to sink. If you try to do life on your own and, you know, the more time that goes by, you're going to start to sink. The more pressure that you feel on you, the more weight you have, you're going to start to sink. It just doesn't make sense. 
I was looking, um, I was looking, you know, at some at some research and what you know what the world has to say about tips for um, good mental health and about um, relationships and. I was looking at um, a website through a government organisation and they said this, the number one thing that they said was important was to build good relationships. You know, they mentioned other things like giving. They mentioned that it was important to be generous. They mentioned that um, understanding your strengths, your weaknesses and your talents and using those for other people. Um, They mentioned um, having a belief system, being able to seek help. They mentioned having an attitude of gratitude as being all things that were important for mental health. You know, when I look at when I was looking at that list, it, it didn't pass me by that these are actually all things that we happen to find in the church. These are all things that are just a byproduct of being a part of the church. But the number one thing was to build good relationships. You know, we're called to live in step with God. We're called to live a life where we acknowledge God in our everyday, where we acknowledge him with us. And, you know, we have a God who never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We have a God who is with us wherever we go. And we're supposed to live our life listening to him and listening to where he's calling us and what he's wanting us to do. So we're supposed to live our life so close with God. But we're also supposed to live our life in step with each other as well. You know, Paul says in Philippians 1.27, he says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I may come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. You know, one thing that I really appreciate about Paul and his leadership is that Paul never took leadership as an opportunity to lord it over other people. But instead, Paul actually used his leadership to bring people together. You see, Paul made himself a part of the community. You know, he is someone that actually really understood and invested into this idea of community. We have all been called to do God's work. Right? When I talk about God's work, what I'm talking about really simply is just loving people. It's serving people. It's doing what we can to serve others and do well by them and to be a light in this world when often it can be such a dark place. So we are all called to do God's work, but we're not called to do it in silos. We're not called to do it on our own. We're called to do it as the body of Christ. That means we're called to do it as the church. You know, whether we have a building or not, right, whether we're meeting in a building or not, the church is God's people. The church is not a building. And yes, it's awesome that we can come and meet in a building and come together as God's community and there's something special in that. But in this time, we are no less the church than we were two weeks ago, right? We are just as much the church today as we ever have been. And it's so important in this time as a community that we are united, that we are able to come together and find a way to work together in this time. If you're living life on your own, then you're not glorifying God. Because we are designed to do life in community. You know, this, this um, church that we read of, the Church of Philippi, they are a really close community. When we read about it, you know, they want to share in each other's joy. They want to share in each other's pain. They're keen to hear how each other are going. They, they want to pray with each other. In fact, Paul even says earlier, he says, I yearn for you. In verse 8, I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. That's 1.8 that he says that. That's intense. 
Like with the affection of Christ Jesus, Jesus really loves us. Like Jesus, with the affection of Christ Jesus, that is an intense kind of love. You know, I read about this community, you know, in Philippians and and I have to kind of wonder, like, what would Paul say to the Western church? I think this is such a challenge for us because is this how we live as a community in the Western church? I mean, really, we live in a culture that's so individualistic. We live in a culture that is very much about ourselves. But what does Paul say? He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. He's not saying don't think about your own interests at all. It's not what he's saying, but he's saying, but also to the interest of others. You know, it's so important that we remember this life isn't just about us. That's, it's not all about us, but as a community, how do we care for each other? How do we think outside of ourselves and care for others? You know, think about it. Paul, right? So he's in prison at the time he's writing this letter. So Paul, who's in prison, it's not like the glamping version of prison. It's not like they're like, oh, Paul, I mean, he didn't really do anything wrong. We're just kind of against him. So, you know, he's pretty cool. He's a leader. Let's put him. No, Paul was in, it was dirty. It was gross. It was not nice. I, not a place you want to be in, right? So Paul is in prison, but he's, he doesn't say that his joy is found in his next meal, He doesn't say that his joy is found in a comfy bed or better circumstances. He doesn't say that his joy is in knowing whether he's going to die or not. You know, he says that his joy is in whether or not the church is united. How important must unity be if Paul's if Paul's joy in that moment was whether in whether or not the church was united? You know, Paul uses this word accord. He says to be of one accord. And I looked this up in Google um, just for a bit of a, I suppose just to get more insight into what the word would mean. And it means harmonious or consistent with. And, you know, I think that in itself is quite powerful to be in harmony with each other, to be, you know, consistent with each other. But when you take it a step further and look at the original word um, that that was used here, it's actually made up of two words. And you're going to have to forgive me for my pronunciation. Um, It's, you know what, if you really want to know, I can send it to you. Um, I might even just spell it for you. But the first word was something like sin or something like that. It's spelled S-Y-M for anyone who wants to look it up. Um, But that means together with. And the second word, it was something like or something like that. But it's spelled spelled P-S-Y-C-H-O-S, okay? Now, this is the second word. I tell you what, I looked it up. I practiced it. You guys can give it a go. Send it to me. Um, When you nail it, well done. But what this means, it means soul, self, inner life, seat of feelings, desires, or affections. You know, think about that. This is a word that means that we are together with, as a community, we are together with our, our soul, ourself, our inner life, our, our feelings, our desires, our affections. That is a close community. You know, unity is so important. It's not only important because it's a, it's a protection. It's actually a protection against the enemy. You know, there's, a, um, there's an analogy that I've heard used and I think that it's actually so important for us, particularly in the season that we are in at the moment, um, as, the, as the world in, in the sense that we are having, we are being forced to be isolated at the moment. Um, so, you know, th- there's this analogy and it's about the way that lions hunt. 
And some of you might have heard this before, but the way that lions hunt is just say there's a herd of animals that they're hunting. They will run through and they will start to try to separate the pack right? So by separating the pack, they're isolating animals so that they're able to then attack them more efficiently. And, you know, the the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, it talks about how the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. You know, the enemy will attack us when we are isolated. So please, 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 please do what you can. Do not be, become isolated in this season because yeah. unity is a way that actually protects us from the enemy. Yeah. Not only that, though, when we live in unity, when we live in a community where we are united, we are outwardly displaying what the gospel means to us. If you've got a community of people, a group of people who are loving each other unconditionally, who forgive quickly, who seek to understand each other, who want to stand by each other, who are keen to hear how each other are going, you know, that kind of community, it's actually outwardly showing what the gospel means to us. The thing is, when we live as we are created, it points people back to the creator. You know, I believe that the church is so important and it's great, you know, I hear so many people saying, oh, I have a community of people that believe in God. You know, I have a community of, of faith outside of church, so I, I, don't, I don't need church. You know, I, I hear people saying, you know, I can, I can look up so many different sermons um, and I can get so, so much great teaching and read my Bible wherever. And so, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I really need church at the moment. And, you know, I, I can respect um, when people may say that, but at the same time, I've got to be honest, There is just nothing that compares to church. There is nothing that compares to being in a large community of people who care for each each other, who want to see each other grow. And in my experience, you know, I've been turning up to this church now for 13 years. The Sundays I've missed have usually been the ones that I've been away. And that's not to say yay me or anything like that. But I tell you what, just turning up does so much. When you just keep turning up, you know, I am so grateful for my incredible parents. I am so grateful for some of the experiences that I have been fortunate enough to have, um, whether they've been easy or hard, that have been part of making me into the person that I am today and the person I suppose that I'm still becoming. But there is just nothing that compares to just showing up because this church, honestly, is one of the biggest reasons that I am the person that I am today. The growth that I have that I have been able to have, the way that I've been able to, um, I suppose, acknowledge areas that I might be more gifted in, and to be able to grow and develop those things, yeah. I have so much of that to thank the church for, yeah. and the different people in my life that I've come across from being here. You see, the thing is, when you are in a community like this, people are able to see in you what you were, maybe weren't able to see in yourself. Yeah. Sometimes that will be the good things and the giftings and sometimes it'll be the things that we wish they didn't see. But, you know, both of those things lend to growth. And if we want growth, then we've got to be open to change. You know, it may, it may be true that you have a great community around you and it may be true that you can listen to any preaching wherever you go, but I want to encourage you, it's not either that or church. I actually believe that it's both and. I think both things are really important. You know, sometimes we want to grow, but we don't want change. And I hate to be the one to break it to you. I wish it could be someone else. But um, we can't have growth without change. You know, Paul tells us to be of the same mind. 
One thing that I really appreciate about Paul is he doesn't tell us that and then not tell us more. He actually tells us what mind to have. So we're going to pick it up um, in 2 verse 5. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We are called to look to Christ as our example and not to the world. You know, if we're living in community, it's going to require humility. Right? It's going to require humility. But even Jesus, it says, humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. You know, I received an email a while ago from um, a company that I really like, uh, but they, it was just some spam email. They sent, sent it into my inbox, but I had to have a bit of a laugh to myself because really what this email managed to do was in one sentence kind of summarise the, the message the world so often sends to us. It read this, it said, Ruth, it's time to put yourself first. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that just classic? But remember, that is so counter, you know, what, what Paul is saying here about putting others before us is actually so countercultural in our world right now. But I want to remind you, and again, I wish that somebody else could be the one to remind you of this right now, but really, it's not actually about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. And even he was able to humble himself to the point of death on a cross for us. You see, we're designed to live lives of service, lives where we serve one another. And Pastor Ben actually preached an awesome message on this a couple of weeks ago, and I'd encourage you to check it out. But I will say this, whoever you are, you have something to offer. You have something to offer this world as a whole. You have something to offer the world around you, the people in your life. You have something to offer. You see, we have all been designed with gifts. We have all been created um, in a way where God has put um, certain things in us. He has designed us intentionally to be able to love people and serve him and do what he's asked us to do. Whether you are Christian listening today or not, you know, I believe that God has a purpose on your life. And I believe that you have been designed in a way to live out that purpose that he has put in your life. And so, you know, it's so important that whoever you are, you know that you have something to offer. But you see, when we live as we are created, it points people back to the creator. You see, your gifts, they may operate in the church or they might actually operate out of the church. They probably, you know, you might even, not even today, you may not even believe in God. But the reality is, is that your gifts are probably operating as they are. But, you know, there is something incredible that happens when we actually give our gifts back to God and serve him with it as he's designed them to be used. There is a growth that happens in our gifts and something that we learn about ourselves when we give our gifts back to God. You see, growth is most efficient when you're intentional. And I believe that within a community of faith like church, there is no better place that we can have to grow those gifts that God has put inside us. You know, I was looking at um, some studies about serving because it's no secret, despite what a, um, an article from the Times had said about the secret to happiness. You know, this has been in the Bible for years that when we serve, it actually, we actually feel happier. 
you know, when we serve, it actually fulfills something in us that nothing else can. And so even though the time said it's a secret to happiness, um, you know, I was looking, I was looking into this because I thought, well, you know, this is a way we've been designed. So surely there's some studies that are going to prove it, right? So I was looking um, at some studies and there was one about um, where they looked into the relationship between um, the formal volunteering um, and self-reported health and happiness. And this is a study from 2008 and they said this, they found that um, those who volunteered monthly were 12% more likely to report being happy. Now, those who volunteered weekly they weren't less likely to report it. They actually were more likely to report it. They, they were 16% more likely to report being, feeling happy than those who didn't serve, which I just found so interesting. And, you know, the thing is, is that when we are living in community, when we're using our gifts to serve other people, when we're living united, reality is it's going to take sacrifice. If we're living in one accord as we've been called to do, it's going to take sacrifice, but we are literally made for it. We are actually designed this way. You see, the thing is, if we only do it to make ourselves feel good and maybe we're thinking, oh, I'm feeling a little bit down. Maybe I should try serving. Apparently, I'll feel happy and then I'll feel good about myself. That's, that's not the message we're trying to send here. You know, if we are only doing it for ourselves, we are falling so far short of the purpose that God has put on our lives. Because at the end of the day, we, at the, at the core of it, we are called to link people to their purpose and show people who their creator is. We're called to share the truth about who Jesus is and the loving God that he is. Because when we live as we are created, it points people back to the creator. You know, we believe in a God who is a loving God. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. You know, we have a God who loves us so much. He wants to have relationship with us. And so this is why he sent Jesus, because because of sin, there was, there was almost a tear in that relationship. You see, God is a pure God. And because God is such a pure God and sin is so not pure, the two don't really go hand in hand. So what God did is he sent his son Jesus to pay the price for sin so that we could have relationship with him. When Jesus died on that cross, what that represented was him, was him actually um, going to the cross for our sins and receiving that punishment. And when he rose again, that represents him defeating the power of sin, the power of death that was the penalty for sin. So that is what we believe and we believe that he did that to have relationship with us we believe that he did that because he loves us we have such a good God don't we we have such a good God and you know in so many ways I think the message of Jesus has almost been skewed a little bit in our world today but at the core of it, he's a loving God. And it's so important that we live a life where we are united as a community because it shows that love really practically. It's a really outward way of showing the love because when we live as we are created, it points people back to the creator. We are designed to love and to be loved. You know, to be in community, we need a whole lot of love, right? And that's not in a cliche way, but... That's to say that we're going to have to love each other so well. You know, having the same love doesn't mean loving the same things, right? Just because someone loves the Xbox doesn't mean that you have to love the Xbox, right? Just because someone loves really, really healthy food doesn't mean you have to, we all have to love that too. That's not what it means, but what it does mean is possessing the same love. Yeah. 
You see, it means having the same source for our love. And that love is found in Jesus Christ. In John 13, it talks about knowing my disciples by the way that they love one another. You know, we are are disciples of Jesus, right? As followers of Jesus, we are disciples of Jesus. Are we known by the way that we love? When you go out to the shops, to the supermarket, when you go down the street, whatever it might be, are you known for the way that you love? Would that be true of, of what's said about you? Will that be true of what's even said about me? It's good for us to reflect and ask ourselves these questions. As a community, we need to be so intentional. You know, there's, a, there's an element of community that will just happen naturally. But to have the community that Paul talks about in Philippians, we need to be so intentional. People really, they want to feel needed and they want to feel known. They want to feel needed and known. And as a church... I suppose a way that we might feel needed is through that serving. It's part of the reason why serving is awesome because you find purpose in something. You know, I was talking to a friend even earlier today and they were saying that, you know, with not having as much going on right now, it's hard to feel as much purpose as we did beforehand. You know, there's something about living with purpose and, you know, our purpose hasn't changed. I want to encourage you, our purpose has not changed. You have as much purpose as you did two weeks ago. But, you know, we want to feel needed and we want to feel known. You know, if we live in a community where we are united, in a loving community, we're going to feel known. We want someone to notice when we're not there. We want someone to notice if we're not showing up. This is why things like small group are so important because you really can feel known. You know, in my childhood, I, um, I spent a lot of time doing gymnastics and so probably did gymnastics throughout 13 years of my life. Um, but what that meant is while many of my peers were practicing their ball skills and things like netball and soccer and basketball, I was off, you know, jumping on the floor and swinging around bars, which was fun and great for the time. But it means that some of those key core ball skills that others have, I never fully developed. And this wasn't too much of an issue until my later high school years when my school decided to enforce Wednesday sport. Now, of course, gymnastics wasn't one of the options because that wasn't the thing that appealed to most people. And it's a little bit harder to put together than a soccer pitch, right? So I ended up doing soccer. That's what most of my friends were doing. I told them that I would be the mascot. It was not a good idea to let me play. I didn't even know how many players had to be on the field. My soccer knowledge was zero. So anyway, here I am. I find myself playing soccer and To be honest, I can't remember whether this was a nightmare or if it actually happened because I blocked it out of my memory until I was trying to think of life things for my message. And and I remembered this time where I actually kicked a goal. Now, pretty awesome I kicked a goal. The only issue was is that it was for the wrong team. And so no wonder I managed to kick it because no one was defending me. But, you know, the thing is, if I was, if the, if the goal of the game was for me to get a goal, if the goal of the game was just about me getting a goal, that would have been exciting, right? But the, we all know that's, that's devastating. When you get a goal and realise it was for the wrong team, it's a very embarrassing moment. But not only that, you've directly gone against what the team is working towards. Right? When we work as a team, we're working towards a common goal. It's not all about us. It's about the team. And the thing is, the church is a team. It's not just about us. It's a team. And when we work together, you see, we have a common goal. 
We want people to know the truth and the love that is found in Jesus. We want to be a light in this world. We have a common goal and when we work together, we are so much more effective. It's not just about one individual, it's about us working together as a team. We work together as a team to help people feel needed and known. And you know, that's not just up to the ministry team, it's not just up to the dream team, it's not up to a couple of people, it's up to the church. The church need to work as one team. So what does this mean during this time? Obviously, I understand that this is a funny time almost to be doing this message because if we were sitting all here today able to meet together, then I would be saying, do what you can to get to church. Do what you can to get here physically. But obviously, at the moment, we want to respect and do the responsible thing and we're we're going to do that. And so we're meeting in our homes. But, you know, in this time, I'd encourage you, stay connected. Stay connected. We live in a world where we are so blessed by the online presence that we can have. Stay connected and keep things as normal as you can. That means turn up to the service. If that means getting out of your PJs, you know, personally, I'll keep, probably keep my PJ pants on. But, you know, if that means getting out of your PJs, if that means brushing your teeth and having breakfast before the service to keep some routine in your life, I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to try to make the service times. Yes, you can watch them whenever, but there's something so powerful about coming together as a community, knowing that we may be sitting in our lounge room, but our whole church is doing the same at the same time. You know, there are chats, we can request prayer. You know, there is so much that we can do in this time as we meet together. So get there on time, get to the service on time. You don't have two songs to get there late. Get there on time. All right. So make sure that you tune in when you can. Make sure that you're still serving. You see, serving, we don't do out of obligation. Serving's just our lifestyle. It's, we're Christians. It's what we do. Christian literally means little Christ. You can't find a better servant than Jesus. He literally came to this world to serve, right? So serve, it's our lifestyle. Now, maybe that might look different for you at the moment. And I understand that, you know, particularly if you're on the dream team here at Bright and you're used to turning up on a Sunday and being rostered onto a role and, you know, that that can look like many things. But we might have some extra time on our hands. So how can we use it to love people well? I'd encourage you to reflect on that question. How can you love others well in this season? You see, we still want to feel needed. Serving might look different, but I'd encourage you, it's our lifestyle, find a way to serve in this season. You know, I pray that you feel known and not forgotten in this season. I really do. If you, if you want to reach out at all, remember you can always email support at brightchurch.com and we'd love to be able to help you through this season if you are feeling isolated in any way. But, you know, you can also help yourself in this season as well. You can help yourself by joining a small group. You know, even though we can't physically meet at the moment, we're meeting online and we have plans for that. And, um, you know, Facebooks and all the things that we can do as a small group, join a small group, head to the directory. You can still do that. We're still meeting in small groups, even though it might look a little bit different, but it's so important for us to feel known in this time. I'd also encourage you, just get creative. Like maybe you want to start an online book club. I don't know. I'm not great at reading. Maybe don't invite me to that. But, you know, there are so many different things we can do. Maybe you can learn to paint with someone. Maybe you can learn an instrument over, you know, over Zoom or over Skype. Whatever it might be, get creative. But I'd encourage you in this time, 
think about how you can use that time to connect with each other. Maybe you do have some spare time, pick up the phone, give someone a call. Stay connected in this time. We are a community united, whether we are in a building or not. And when we live as we are created, it points people back to the creator. I wanna pray for us today. Um, Wherever you might be in your home right now, whether you're in your lounge room, whether you're, um, you know, still in bed, I'm not sure. But, you know, I want to take this moment just to pray for us. And um, this is kind of, I'm opting everyone into this prayer because I just really want to pray that we don't feel isolated in this season. And for a church that we would just love each other so well, that we would come out of this season stronger as a community than when we've gone into it. So I want to pray for that now and I'd encourage you wherever you are, just close your eyes and bow your heads and let's, let's do this moment of prayer together. Jesus, I thank you that you are good in every season and I praise you that you see us right now. Jesus, you see us where we are. Lord, you are next to each one of us in this moment and I pray that in this season God that you would just give us such wisdom as a church God I pray that you would give us wisdom to be able to do community so well in this season God that you would give us wisdom in how to be united in this season I pray that you would be speaking to us and maybe God about ways that um, that we aren't so united at the moment so that we can correct those things I pray that you would give us such soft hearts for each other that we would be a community that loves each other that we would be a community that forgives quickly and a community that outwardly displays the gospel Lord that we would be a community that we would truly be able to say you know that we are living a life worthy of the gospel like Paul talked about in Philippians God, we want to be a community that glorifies you. And I pray that we would do that in this season and out of it in the other side. God, I pray for anybody who might feel isolated or anybody who might be prone to being isolated. Father, I just pray that you would connect everybody in. Lord, I pray that um, that people would feel so loved in this time, that people would feel needed and people would feel known. And Lord, I pray against the voice of the enemy in this season, trying to tell people that they are isolated. God, I pray against that and I pray that people would know that they are so loved, not only by you, but by your people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.